Ladies and gentlemen, citizens of the universe, fantasy footballers, Dynasty League dirtballs, NFL draft fans, and DFS degenerates worldwide, this is the Roster Watch Podcast, presented by RosterWatch.com. Roster Watch Nation, prepare for pop, flash, and sizzle. Prepare for knowledge bombs and cockamamie business. The Roster Watch crew is here to deliver the goods you can't find anywhere else. Here is your host, RosterWatch.com Editor-in-Chief, Alex Dunlap. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, joined, of course, by Byron Lambert. It's a big edition of the podcast today. We have some news and notes starting to percolate out of Super Bowl Media Week uh, up there in Minneapolis, uh, taking place right now in the Mall of Americas. We have the, uh, or the, is it the Mall of Americas or the Mall of America, Byron? I think it's the Mall of America. I think it's Mall of America. Mall of America. <laughs> I'm thinking of the Circuit of Americas down here in, in Austin. Uh, so yeah, some, some, some news kind of coming out of, of the reporting down there. We have to put a ribbon and a bow on our Senior Bowl coverage, kind of uh, give our final word there on that. We also have, coming up soon at rosterwatch.com, the best ball cheat sheet for your best ball leagues that you're going to be getting into uh, here soon. We're looking at early, early ADPs and identifying how the structure of this year's fantasy drafts in the best ball setting are looking to shake out. We have noticed a whole ton of inefficiencies thus far. Hopefully we'll continue to notice them as Byron and I kind of get here into the sheet, get into the bones of it. As you guys know who use our premium tools, the cheat sheet is a very intuitive tool. The cheat sheet products are very, very, very simple to use and visual. And as we're sort of building out the framework of this tool, we're beginning to visualize uh, where some of this value is. So a very exciting time. Uh, for all that, uh, just a quick reminder, if you can, please give us a rating and a review in iTunes. Make sure, you, if you like the podcast, if you're not subscribed, please subscribe to the podcast there in iTunes, Stitcher, wherever it is that you listen. You can always find the podcast on rosterwatch.com at rosterwatch.com backslash podcast. While you're there at rosterwatch.com, please consider getting a pro membership. It's the best way to support us is we're going to be taking you, our listeners, and all of Roster Watch Nation through all of our maniacal travels and travails this offseason to help you win a fantasy football championship. With that said, Byron, uh, how do you want to start? Do you want to kick it off with some news and notes? One of fantasy football's favorite sweethearts, not so sweet in Florida, <laughs> pleading to nine... Counts. That's Robbie Anderson, wide receiver. What of the, the hell New York is Jets. wrong with him? Did he? Do you know what he did? Uh, one of the arrests. One of the arrests. Um, whatever the detail. You know the stuff that they write up about you whenever they are, they they arrest your ass. Like the arrest documents, I guess. The police they, report. Yeah, the police reports. They said that he, like, whenever he was in the cop car or something, he 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 threatened to like. I don't know if it was like some kind of to like sexually assault the police officer's wife. You know, that's not a thing. That's that's not a thing that's going to get you any easy. <laughs> I mean, any easy kind of treatment from the judges during the during any part of this process, being the uh, you know whether it's the trial or the sentencing or whatever. I just think Robbie Anderson's a fucking dumbass. This is the second time this has happened to him. Well, this might explain why he burst on the scene the way that he did. Maybe he's been off. Uh, maybe he's been off of people's boards for a while. He's certainly going to be off of our board uh, moving forward. Hopefully he did what you could with him. I cannot believe it. What in the hell is Darren Sproles talking about coming back in 2018? I think this Super Bowl run even has him invigorated. And I wonder, is it because he's maybe in there coming back with an ACL with Carson Wentz? And so he's kind of feeling this thing and trying to get back I thought into he, it. I thought he died on, on on a football field. I mean, I I thought that for sure Darren Sproles' career was 100% over. I'm still pretty sure that his career is over. You know, it's got, I mean, how can you come back from, didn't he break his arm and his ACL on the same play or something? 
He got, I mean, he got swindled. He got waylaid, dude. He got hurt. I don't know, man. I, I think that, and then, and then what does that mean for that backfield? Because you have Jay Ajayi, his contract. Corey Clement's not going anywhere. You have his contract. Now, they can get away from LeGarrett Blunt, I believe. Is that the case? Is he thinking, uh, yeah, I don't know. LeGarrett Blunt, I believe. Teams are right. always trying to get away from LeGarrett Blunt. Yeah, let's see. Just let's just look at uh, let's look at let's look at spot track real quick and just see what Blunt. Let's uh, forget if that was a two year a two year deal that he signed or whether it was a just a, the one year deal. It looks like it was a one year one point two five million. Yeah, so a contract year last year just a one year deal. So they could let him walk. I don't know, man. I don't know. I just to to me it seems even if Darren Sproles were to come back uh, to me it just seems like it would be awfully hard for him to be the same player that he has been throughout his career. At some point it just has to end. And to me, uh, you know, a pretty simple ending spot was, uh, you know, was that horrible injury in this final year of his contract where he was scheduled to be an unrestricted free agent anyway in 2018. It just I didn't see him going anywhere. So. Um, maybe I, it, it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't perk my ears up too much to hear this about Darren Sproles. I, I think he's crazy to come back. He's 34 years old. You know, he, he's, he is, he's made an unbelievable career for himself. He's an absolute goat. You know, I mean, this guy was drafted in 2005. He, he played 13 years in the league being like what? Five foot seven, five foot eight, maybe shorter. Um, I think I, I think he'd be wise to just walk away, but that's easier, easier kind of recommended than it is done. You know, these guys uh, these guys want to make their cash while 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 the getting's good, and if he still thinks he can, more power to him. I'm not gonna have any interest in him in, in fantasy, and if I were a, if I were an NFL team, I would not sign him as anything more than a you know a flyer to even make the the final the the final 53 man roster. Can you believe we're still talking about this? Yeah, I can't. When were we at Saints training camp? How, that seemed like a long time ago. The first time we ever went to Saints training camp, and the last time that I ever went, because that just their the what their media guy Justin, golly, trash man got to deal with that guy this year. I just said, man, this guy's too hard to deal with. Well, you we're know? gonna we're gonna stop spending roster watch nations money on going to the Saints. It's just they, they 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 don't they they treat media like morons. So I just I say fuck them. Um, not not the whole organization, of course. I mean, you know, I'll always be a huge Drew Brees guy. He's one of my high school teammates and certainly a future Hall of Famer. Love Michael Thomas. Love Alvin Kamara. You know, I th- I thought Jeff Ireland should have been the uh, executive of the year this year. I love a lot of what the Saints have done. I just think that I think that that media department is just tr- garbage. The most compelling news of the day. On to it. Look, when nobody was talking about it last year, you guys heard us tell you right here repeatedly that one of the best hires of the whole offseason in 2017 was Matt LaFleur as quarterback's coach to the Rams from the Falcons. Today, he and the Titans organization are being showered with praise as he was passed on for their head coaching position just recently, but they've... Uh, consummated a deal with him to bring him in as their offensive coordinator. You know, and rightfully so, this is an amazing hire. Uh, We've said for quite some time that the Titans' uh, pieces on offense mimic the Rams in many, many ways with actually a better offensive line. Uh, This is an excellent move for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I think it's an excellent move for Matt LaFleur. And most of all, I'm excited for Corey Davis. I'm excited for Marcus Mariota, and I'm absolutely just thrilled, obviously, for Derrick Henry. We've been saying for weeks now that Derrick Henry was ready to do that Todd Gurley thing next year, and, and this is really it, guys. This, uh, this, is, this is it. This is the Todd Gurley thing coming to Tennessee. You know, and I'll tell you what. Oh, that's that, yeah, that's very true. Once again, coming home to roost right here on the Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com here with Alex Dunlap and Byron Lambert. I mean, what does this say about Vrabel? I asked on this very podcast, I'm like, what has Vrabel really done? 
you know, what has he done to, to, to earn this job? And we talked about it. And, you know, we talked to some insiders, some NFL insiders at the Senior Bowl about what they sort of – what this hire means and how they, how they saw it. And, we, you know, what we heard back is like, look, man, Vrabel is the alpha of all alphas. He comes from that New England system. He is a guy who, if he said the right things and felt like he had the right plan in place for ownership to hire him – then he's going to make the steps necessary to make sure that that plan gets executed because that is just the kind of guy he is. This is a guy who, according to at least one source we talked to, absolutely gets shit done. You know, whenever he sets his mind to something, he absolutely gets it done. I mean, there were times wherever he, you know, one story got told to us about a time where he wowed Belichick by Belichick tried to teach him a lesson by leaving him behind. Um, going up to the stadium from the team hotel whenever he he had missed the bus, you know, during the time they were supposed to be down there on time, and Vrabel goes down and finds a finds a cop at the hotel, has the cop taken down to the stadium with the with the um, lights on above the car and everything like that. And by the time the whole team gets there, Vrabel's standing out there on the fifty yard line just laughing at everybody. So I mean, people people say that he's an alpha male who can who gets shit done. He 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 inserts his will both in the business realm, the coaching realm, and the and the realm of being a player. And I think that this was his deal. He needed to find look, he went into ownership and he told them that yes, I'm a defensive guy. And, uh, you know, you're not that, – that, that might not have been your, what, what you initially wanted. But I can tell you what I can do. I can organize. I can delegate responsibility. And I know that the key is going to be developing Marcus Mariota. And I understand the commitment and the, um, the you know, the, the, the amount of – you know, the amount of eggs in the Marcus Mariota basket that this organization has. And I'm committed to bringing in the best coach possible to, to, to work with him, even though I come from a defensive background. And I think that, that this is just a, you know, knock it out of the park, home run hire. He deserves all the praise that he's getting right now. As far as I'm concerned, um, Mike Vrabel, you know, as far as off the field and as far as making business moves, he's answered the first, you know, answered his first big question about, uh, about his, about his, his, his fit there and whether he's ready to be a head coach. I mean, what do you think about it for Mariota? Yes, yeah, off the bat, just strikes me that Vrabel is a delegator, and look, he clearly saw this thing exactly the way that I saw it. So I don't see how I can say anything other than the fact that he is a master evaluator. He and and he did on the head. He has to develop Marcus Mariota, but it's 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 the it's the it's the exact hire I wanted. is is the best hire I could possibly dream of. I, I you know he's delegating it out, and I think that is implies humility. Well, let me I ask think you this. That, I, hold on, I think that implies humility, and that's going to go a long way for Mike Vrabel as a young head coach, a young commanding head coach with humility, who's going to delegate to other good coaches and has an excellent. I for evaluation, in my opinion. I mean, I can't believe it. He hired the exact guy that I think is the best fit for the job. He sees the pieces the same way. You don't make that hire like this without just letting him go with it. Vrabel's a defensive guy. So I'm excited for the Titans, man. I'm excited for the Titans. Well, uh, just for people who who might be new listeners who might not have listened over the course of last offseason, what is it that you love so much about LaFleur to begin with? Even going to work with with golf. Well, I'd like Lafleur because he'd worked with Matt Ryan in his MVP season. Uh, he'd helped develop Matt Ryan, and he'd also I I can't remember the exact quarterback right now, but he had developed some pretty good quarterbacks at the co- at the college level just prior to that. So Matt Lafleur was on a sharp trajectory of developing quarterbacks at all levels. And what I liked was I liked that Les Snead brought in Sean McVay for his head coach. I love that he brought in Greg Olson for his offensive coordinator and then and then and then came right back behind that with Matt LaFleur as his young quarterbacks coach last year. I just thought they were stacking the deck for Jared Goff last year from top to bottom. 
And I remember, and, 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 I, I remember and, that whenever Shanahan he brought like, whenever, um, whenever Shanny, they brought the floor to the the Redskins. It looks like in twenty ten to coach with, the quarterbacks, and so he worked with he he worked with RG three during his during uh, his 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 rookie season, and was the main mentor for uh, Kirk Kirk Cousins. And that was the kind of deal because Kirk Cousins apparently is is is, is a guy who loved the uh, floor. So, and I think he was at Notre Dame for a couple of years. We developed a couple of guys. Anyways, he he had a he Lafleur had a great record, and I, I just thought the the trio was a perfect ad for the Rams last year. We got the chance to see that. LaFleur was a real deal, and this is the trend, is getting these young guys up. I think the offensive pieces match in Tennessee, so to me it was just the most natural of fits. And um, It's not often that you see a guy get brought in for the head coaching job and then still come back around to get a coordinator job. So that's that's well, a, com- a compelling and, story. And, and what do you think that is, moving from a big market to a smaller market? Is it just, do you think it's just the, the play calling duty just means that much, right? Yeah, he's moving, just, he's, not, he's moving right. up to where he's going to get a head coaching job or opportunity here in the next two years if he does a bang-up job in Tennessee. Young coach, only, what, 37, 38 years old. So um, certainly, you know, up-and-coming up and coach, Matt LaFleur, just a, a great uh, great hire there by the Tennessee Titans. Uh, speaking of that, before we move on to um, wrapping up the Senior Bowl stuff, just going from the Titans who wanted to hire Josh McDaniels to the Indianapolis Colts sticking there in the AFC South, who um, you know will be, by all reports, hiring Josh McDaniels. There's a report from a rap sheet that says Andrew Luck's shoulder is very close to resuming a throwing routine. Can you believe that in the preseason we were thinking like you can still draft Andrew Luck as your QB two and maybe have him back by week three or four? <laughs> they just lied and lied. He's just now resuming a throwing routine. We had to know by like we had to know by preseason week uh, by preseason week four whenever the report came out from like <laughs> Mike Chappelle or, or well, I don't know one of those guys that covers the Colts that like. Andrew Luck was just now throwing with a tennis ball. Like that's whenever I started realizing, man, he he might not he might not be playing anytime soon. But he's just now getting back into a throwing routine. Where are you on Andrew Luck? I mean, it's just it's just kind of wait and see, I guess, huh? I I love Andrew Luck and I'm rooting for him and so disappointed in how the organization has handled him to this point and even put him in this situation. So all I can hope is they've made up a little ground by making a really conservative and intelligent move by sitting him last year and that the internal medical information is good. I think it probably is by the fact that Josh McDaniels took the job and hopefully this is a good sign means that Andrew Luck is getting out on an early start and should be good to go for this season. I mean, am am I hyped about him in my fantasy league? I mean, I don't know how you can be. Well, what does it mean to you about T.Y. Hilton? Can't be interested in T.Y. Hilton until we know a lot more about Andrew Luck. You can't be speculatively interested in T.Y. Hilton, maybe in a best ball format, with the idea that, you know, I'm taking this guy right now, betting on the fact that Andrew Luck's going to be okay since he's resuming throwing activities. Does he need to be greatly discounted? It's a reasonable idea. We liked T.Y. Hilton quite a bit going into the season last year with Andrew Luck. Just feels like a lot of things sure can change in one year. But may, maybe it'll hit. So, yeah, I would I would want... Hilton's upside is immense. I'd probably want more, depending on... There's a good chance I'd want average to more than average exposure to T.Y. Hilton. I think it makes sense to have a lot of exposure to T.Y. Hilton for the same reasons it makes sense to have exposure to Tyreek Hill in best ball. It's just these guys, if you don't have to worry about the weekly ups and downs, whether to sit them, whether to start them, and you can just take advantage of their, you know, their big monster weeks, these guys are guys who can, who can, who can help you win best ball leagues, as we saw in, um, as we saw in, in uh, 2017 for all those who used our best ball products, our pro members at rosterwatch.com as we continue here with the Roster Watch podcast. Byron Lambert and Alex Dunlap. Um, 
Any other news and notes you want to get to before we get into like a senior bowl wrap up, just a portion? No, I mean, I just, if we're going to be in the AFC South, worth mentioning that Blake Bortles had a, looks like he had a wrist surgery. Now, would you pay him? I just think the Jags are in a tough spot because of how well they played this year. It's one of those. You know how sometimes when you're playing in the league and you actually want to lose the challenge so that you can get the down back or whatever it is that you get back? Yeah. You know, it's to your yeah. benefit. You find out it's to your benefit to lose the challenge. This is one of these situations like, you know, the Jacks won all these games and it's fantastic for their organization. You just wonder, you know, does this hamstring them a little bit with Blake Bortles? How can it hamstring them? Because it's their decision. How can you be hamstrung by your own decision? Like, and you, whenever you own all the information that you need to make that decision, because you have a whole bunch of in- additional information that's that's you have to take into account now. What that 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 you had a game manager of a quarterback who didn't do anything to put the team on his shoulders. Just he just he just basically improved to a level where he wasn't awful, and that was only for most of the time. That wasn't all of the time. I mean, he was aw- like he was awful even in the playoffs. Do you do you remember the was, was that the Buffalo game? That was a terrible game for everybody involved. It's, just, it's hard to find a young quarterback. It's you know I I wouldn't I, look bring in Alex Smith and make a quarterback competition. I do think they're just have a tough. De- I think their decision has gotten tougher with Blake Bortles. That's a reasonable take. Well, I understand it's a reasonable take, but. Do you, I mean, is there, there's no way you can give him 15 to $20 million a year, right? I mean, 15 million a year is about to be peanuts for a starting All right. quarterback in the NFL. Well, maybe you give him 15, just, I even think if you gave him 15, 18 million a year, you would have these guys in the locker room chirp. You'd have Jalen Ramsey talking about how his quarterback's getting paid too much and, and how he needs to get paid more. Well, worth, very worth mentioning that. We heard the very first rumblings at this year's Senior Bowl that the salary cap may have reached its height or close to its height. For yeah, for for now, we yeah. may and and that we may even see contraction in the salary cap. And this comes from an interesting source who would who would really know. So it was kind of weird to hear, and I'd forgotten all about that because I was I was definitely drinking while this conversation was taking place. <laughs> but I do remember that now. Yeah. So yeah, brings up brings up an interesting point. You're gonna teams gonna have to be a little bit more frugal. You can't pay shitty quarterbacks elite quarterback money. And I know there's only so many people who can play the position. It just seems like. Golly, you see Case Keenum step up and, and win football games for a team. You see Nick Foles step up and win football games for a team. You see Jimmy Garoppolo step up and win football games for a team. There are backup quarterbacks out there that can step up and win football games. It's just knowing who they are, and that's where your pro scouting I mean, department they should just makes go their get, money. They should just go get Alex Smith, right? I mean, that makes all the sense in the world. What about Eli? No way. Don't want him, or they they're just, not going to they, they, they need a better game manager. And Alex Smith is the ultimate play game manager and quasi playmaker. He'd be, I just think he'd be perfect. A little bit younger, he'd yeah. be perfect. perfect It'd be match. good. And, and 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 they're ready. The Chiefs are ready to turn the page to Patrick Mahomes. Um, they're ready to let know. that hose loose, man. Yeah, he's got a he's got a hose for sure. I mean, I took the brunt of it on Twitter the other day for going on a radio show. And saying that Josh Allen, I think, can throw the football farther than Patrick Mahomes. Boy, the Texas Tech fans just got after me in droves about that. But the fact of the matter is, I think he, I, I, I think he can. And we were the ones who took the viral video of Patrick Mahomes' pro day throw. You know, we were right there. I've seen both these guys throw. Been standing next to him. I've heard the ball come off their hands. I've seen what it looks like travel through the air. I legitimately think that Josh Allen can throw the football farther. I mean, what they mean- say, he hit 65 or 66 miles out of the senior. I'm not sure that MPH and, and RPMs necessarily equate to f- distance travel, ul- ultimate yeah. distance. I mean, Mahomes just gets that perfect trajectory and everything. Yeah. I'm sure there's some 
I'm sure some member of Roster Watch Nation is a physicist that could mathematically explain all of this uh, to us. <laughs> yeah, I, I I would love that. <laughs> you can uh, always get us on Twitter at Roster Watch. Let us know if you're a, if you're a uh, some kind of um, rocket scientist or anybody who can t- t- talk to us about that level. Talk to us about propulsion and things of the like at that at that kind of scientific level. Because I w- I would be interested to to know how much RPMs, how much miles per hour do translate ultimately to distance traveled. I mean, it's got to be related. Strong, oh, I mean, it's, it's cor- got to be strongly, yeah, yeah, strongly, strongly, yeah, strongly yeah. related. Yeah, but I just, um, I just, I just wonder if you, if, if you can say that you know, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, when struggling to throw as hard as he can, throws it like what sixty four, and then Josh Allen at random times during practice throws sixty six. It's just you know, just something to you know. And to me, I didn't. I wasn't even taking that in, 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 into the equ- equation. I was just saying, like, by my eyeballs, I think he could throw the football farther. And if people thought what I meant by that is that he's a has a better arm or a stronger arm or is a better quarterback, which I clearly don't think. I think Mahomes is the truth. My, and I'm still, you know, the jury for me is still largely out on on Josh Allen. I think this this is a good transition to the Senior Bowl talk. Um, just your final thoughts. Let's start out with the quarterbacks. You know, the, your final wrap up thoughts on the quarterbacks. Clearly, it was Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield that we watched most closely. And looking back at the week, maybe something that I didn't, you know, you can't watch everybody. You just can't do it. But I think that one of the things I maybe could have done is is watch some of these other quarterbacks a little bit more closely because you watch the game back. Guys like Mike White and Lalletta um, actually, you know, ran the offense pretty well and looked like pretty serviceable, nice quarterbacks. We didn't get to see as much out of Baker Mayfield, only a few series, and then of course Josh Allen uh, comes in in the in the second half of the game and looks like the prospect everybody wishes he would be all the time. How do you kind of put your uh, your your final thoughts on the quarterbacks from this year's Senior Bowl? I told Jim Miller that Lalletta was my third best quarterback. In my notes, Jim Miller of NFL uh, Radio. Um, there, yeah, I think I, there were some good backup quarterbacks there. Man, there was a lot of depth at some key positions. I, I told you, I think the real depth was at offensive line and and linebacker and edge rusher. Um, I don't. I for me, not too much has changed. Uh, Baker Mayfield is you know signed, still delivered, top five, six pick, and. I don't necessarily agree that Josh Allen should be a, a top five pick, but it sounds like that's what everybody else is talking about. And for sounds me, like it's what they're talking about. For, to me, it's for, a Paxton Lynch. Well, for me, it's been interesting to watch your opinion change some over the last seven to ten days regarding Josh Allen. I feel like I've seen you warm up to him a little bit. Well, a little bit because I've seen what he can do. Now I know what he can do. I mean, there's coaches that watch that and they're like, oh, fuck. That's what I'm looking for. I can work with this guy, get him right in. He's a good kid. This is cold out where we play. There's a lot of wind. No, they don't make them like this. Like this is what I'm. This is what I'm looking for. You know, let me yeah. ask you what 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 do you think about my um. I know the Brown. The traditional logic is for the Browns to identify one of these quarterbacks that they absolutely want. And just take them number one. That's more than likely what will happen. Why not strategically take Saquon Barkley or some other player that you're in love with at one and then just of the big three quarterbacks that are 6'2 and above, take the one or your pick of the ones that fall to you It's going to be Josh Allen at four. Somebody will trade up for Darnold and probably somebody will – I mean, I don't know. Giants will take Rose in it too. Yeah. Someone will trade up for Darnold. It's going to so be it just Josh depends on Allen. how much Do they you want, want to yourself? Maybe I wonder if you could make. I wonder if you could work a deal where take Saquon at one, and then say whoever the Giants get, we'll see if we can see if we can trade up at the the Colts are at three, right? Yeah, flip so with see, the see see if we can work a deal beforehand with Ballard and just say, look. Um, and Ballard's a Ballard's a Dorsey guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Dorsey's going to call Ballard. He's going to say, "Look, you don't need a quarterback. We know you're going to want to take the defensive end, uh, Chubb or two, whatever they do, right? Like, let 
you know, let's talk about scenarios here for us moving up to three. Um, if if they take, you know, uh, after after we know who the who who the Giants take, if the Giants for some reason don't take a quarterback there, then they wouldn't have to make the move. But I guarantee you that those conversations are going to happen between Dorsey and Ballard. It just makes sense to me. I, I find it unlikely. More m- m- traditionally, what's going to happen is the Browns will zero in on one of these quarterbacks, just pull the trigger on them, which will be fine too. I, I like your idea better, especially with the Ballard Dorsey connection there at three and four. Just think it gives you so much flexibility, and you can just you guarantee you and know you you're... can get the guy that's this. You can get the guy that you know is the sickest. Yeah, and and, and there's no guarantee that you get him. There's no guarantee that you get him at four. Dude, last time I checked, Frank Gore is 35 years old on an expiring contract there for for Indianapolis. If if Andrew Luck is healthy, what could help that offense and what could help keep Andrew Luck upright than automatically inserting a top six running back in the National Football League in that backfield and a workhorse on a fast track? So I don't think there's any guarantee he'll be there at four. I like the idea of taking him at one and then seeing who the Giants take it to and then just having that working relationship with the Colts to see, all right, you know, we don't want anybody else trading up into this spot. But you know what? what? No matter what, they can't total. If they have a good evaluation on Josh Allen, they can't get screwed at four. No, they can't get screwed at four if they have a good evaluation on Josh Allen. It's just, man, do you? that sounds just to me like the – like the uh, like the but definition the, of just hell, just having to all, Deshaun Kaiser, you know, you're trying to work along Deshaun Kaiser and Josh Allen and just more of the same. These guys just aren't ready, you know? Hugh Jackson has shown that he deals with these guys terribly. How bad did Hugh Jackson handle a, handle a, a rookie quarterback who wasn't ready in 2017? How many times did Deshaun Kaiser just get benched in-game? You know, like... I'm not sure that that's. I'm not sure that that's that that's best. It may not be best. I'm just. It puts you in a situation where you've got a safety net. I mean, that's part of the strategy. I'm not sure how much Josh Rosen. I'm not sure Josh Rosen would do well in in, in Cleveland. He don't want to be there either. He doesn't want to be there. So, I don't know, man. It, yeah, it's, I, I I don't know. I think it would be a mistake for them to take Josh Allen that early. I don't think you could take him that early, but it could who, be. Who knows, man? They took, you know, it could be. Think about how early, you know, Mahomes went really early last year. Well, I, I mean, know. but that's more like twelve or something, right? Didn't he like eight? Did he go eight? Maybe yeah. I always had him mocked at twelve you to know, the Chiefs. That's even, why I was. And even Carson Wentz, early. Well, let's be honest. Early in the process, we'd come to grips after the Senior Bowl. He was going to be a first rounder, bro. We weren't totally sold on this idea of people trading up to one and two for Carson Wentz quite yet. So yeah, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to make that comparison. And we've said all along, I think it is. In Wentz the had a much stronger scene. I mean, Wentz is an all senior bowler. Like he, he, like Josh Allen, just, I don't put him in. The, it's to me, it's just not the same. Josh Allen will tell you until he's blue in the face that he ran the exact same offense and that Carson that, Wentz and, did in college. And that he won North like MV offensive MVP. Of the game. He looked sick there for a while, man. If they'd let him stay out there and get sick on one more drive. Uh, I think it, I think his agent was saying, get him the hell out of there before he reverts to his natural self. And he could have. It sure, sure, sure could have been a smart move. Hey, pull, it, pull the George Costanza and just make sure and leave on a high note. <laughs> Never a bad idea, man. What about the running backs? I was having to decide today who I wanted higher on the best ball cheat sheet in PPR. Between Kalen Balage and Rashad Penny, you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I want Balage higher. I I like him so that's, much right now. That's why I ended up on it, but not that much higher. Rashad Penny with that game, he he boosted his stock in my mind quite a bit. Well, um, we had a guy that's really checking the boxes, man. I mean, he we had a great evaluation on t- on tape coming in. The trash man did. He's a guy that we thought was sneaky kind of I wouldn't call I wouldn't call it a great evaluation on tape but I would call it an evaluation of his traits that said that he had amazing traits not necessarily production but traits I know the trash man was pretty high on Rashad Penny coming into the senior bowl and I just oh, thought it was Oh, a good- you're talking about Penny or Bellage? 
because Belage he liked he 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 liked a ton of his traits. I think the trash man might have been coming into the senior bowl a little bit higher on Rashad Penny than Kalen Belage. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We came okay. on, on okay. Penny. We came in with the trash man high on his tape, and then. I just believe he's a guy that got better every single day of practice and every single day through the process uh, kind of uh, culminated in the performance in the game. And you can see a player that's going to be an effective NFL player. It's pretty obvious. So uh, I don't think he's naturally too far off from Kareem Hunt in some ways. I'm not sure I put that kind of grade on him. Uh, but he's in that mold, mate, and I think he's got a lot of Devonte Booker to him, and we've been hearing a lot of buzz, seeing a lot of buzz, seeing improved play from Devonte Booker here in year two. So uh, those are pretty good comps for Rashad Penny. To me, that means he's likely going to be a, at least a meaningful player, if not a, an impact player uh, in the NFL and in a dynasty and in our fantasy leagues, possibly as a rookie, pending uh, the the landing spot there. As far as Jalen Samuels, who had a, just a terrific week in practice, a guy who looks like to be a versatile weapon of the National Football League, I think could be a terrific weapon. Didn't look good in this game, though, carrying the football. Any concerns about Jalen Samuels in the actual game? Because, you know, for the running backs, we generally don't care about the game, right? For most of these players, we care about the week of practice. But the one reason I love watching the game the most is because I feel like it gives me probably one of the best and most encompassing um, – views of these running backs because you get to see him for 10 to 12 carries in real live you know game situations um what did you think about Jalen Samuels were you a little bit disappointed with with the way that he played well I think he looked just a little bit of a step slow and not quite as an explosive as I would have liked which is very hard to gauge uh, during practices it was maybe one of our cons- one of our concerns that we had even though he was so versatile and so effective and really good across all fronts um, during the week of practice. And, you know, also coming in with pretty good tape there from NC State. What I would say with Jalen Samuels is that if you look at the numbers, 3.7 yards per carry on 10 attempts, it's, they're not wonderful numbers. They're not pitiful numbers. For a running back that's 225, if you can get around four yards a carry, that that's legitimate. You know, we've seen Melvin Gordon, who's not been efficient, go sub four yards per carry. It's not, it's again, not what we're looking for. But uh, if you can get to four, that's fine. And I, what I would say about Jalen Samuels, the hope, the hope you would have is that at 225, I was at 223, 228, 225. One of those two, one, it's either right 223 average. or 228. He, uh, the it hope, is. It is two twenty three. The, the the made the hope the hope with him is that he's a guy that with volume would improve at two hundred and twenty five pounds. You know we we see it time and time again. These big backs, a lot of times they don't have a good yard per carry on ten carry, but they have a good yard per carry on twenty or twenty five carries. It'll remain to be seen whether he'll ever get that type of volume or not. Um, so I guess the jury's out a little bit. I'll be very interested to see how Jalen Samuels tests at the Combine, that's going to shed some light on a lot of this. And I'm still not too unhappy with him being on the All-Senior Bowl team because some of the observers and commentators are musing that he uh, could be like an H-back in the NFL. And if that's the case, he's going to be a real real weapon in that type of role. Yeah, I mean, kind kind of like a really rich man's Marcel Reese or something. You could see something like that. Um, a very rich man's version of that. Yeah, I, I just I I I I like him to stay at running back. I, I I would prefer that honestly for my own fantasy exploits. But um, I'd like I to can, see him at running back with fifteen or twenty touches in a game. And, I, and, I think he'd be yeah. pretty good, man. I think he could, dude. I think he could be dynamic. Yeah, ten touches is not enough for him. He, it's and, not going to be enough. It's not enough. And and the jury's out on whether he's got the twitch or not. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. All right, do you want to move on to just talk a little bit of the best ball cheat sheet as we continue to keep plugging away at the creation of this thing for all of Roster Watch Nation? You can find all of our tools at rosterwatch.com with a pro membership. If you like the podcast, there are two ways you can support us. One is by getting a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. It's cheaper than a cheap cup of coffee, and you will never be a fantasy loser again. The other way is by just rating and reviewing, subscribing to this podcast. If literally like 1% of you that listen to this 
gave us ratings and reviews. We would have so many more right now. So we really appreciate the guys who have given us the reviews. Um, certainly ask if you haven't and you enjoy the podcast, you want us to keep trying to get these out twice a week for you, please rate and review the podcast in iTunes and in Stitcher or wherever it is that you listen. Byron, do you have anything else on the senior board? Or do you want to get into this, uh, into some of this talk about the best ball cheat sheet? Man, I think there was Pro Bowl offensive linemen there for sure. And like I said, I those linebackers and some of those edge rushers are going to be awesome, man. Uh, Nuosu is good. Uh, what is it? Is it uh, who was Davenport? The long- I mean, Davenport's going to be good. Um, the long were, the long arm linebacker though, Le- Darius Leonard. Darius Leonard, just awesome in coverage. Reminds you of Deion Jones. Trey Trey Williams. Yeah, uh, he he's he's more of an inside linebacker, but uh, I mean just a downhill downhill thumper. There was the uh, Kamoko Ture from Rutgers who just had just absolutely blew things up uh, over the course of the week. I mean almost no, not I mean just over six foot four, two fifty two. Um, you know, big hands. And then you had the two you had the two Ohio State guys. Was it fifty nine that Taekwon Taekwon Ta- Lewis? Taekwon Lewis, yeah. Taekwon Lewis that I I think flashed a little bit more and looks more like the versatile piece that's gonna get I don't know, I've heard I've heard talk about him at linebacker in a four three at defensive tackle. Um yeah. sounds and like then a guy also, that, and then also Jalen Holmes from Ohio State was another he was a way in warrior. I mean that guy's almost like a true six five two eighty, and, and he, he's got the eighty two and seven eighths inch wingspan. And he flashed. Let's. I mean he 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 definitely flashed at different times. He flashed in the game, flashed in practice. A, a guy to watch. And then uh, Deshaun Hand didn't make make too many waves for me, but he was a way in warrior. And was he coming out of Alabama? Yeah. So another one to look for. So, uh, qu- quite a quite a good crop there, of uh, and heck and defensive tackles too. So. That was a good, good in, good front seven, and a good offensive line at this year's Senior Bowl. All right, let's just hit on a few things here in the best ball cheat sheet. Um, so after we talked last time, I moved Dalvin Cook down some as compared to his ADP, just because you have the lingering concerns about it. You think that he's going to be kind of eased back in with the help of Latavius Murray and or Jarek McKinnon, if Jarek McKinnon is still around next season. Um, so I got I, I, I got him down. I got Saquon Barkley up just a little bit to where he should be in consideration, I think, even before we know his, his team. I think he needs to be in consideration where I've seen him taken in an expert mock drafts um, and both that I've done so far this, this offseason on Sirius XM, Saquon Barkley is gone. At the one-two turn, generally around 2.02, 2.03, I think we can build in a little bit of leverage by kind of pricing him in around 2.01. So that's where I've kind of gotten him up. My question to you is just starting with the running backs, do you think Leonard Fournette, even though his ADP is three spots lower in PPR than Alvin Kamara, might should be ahead of Alvin Kamara on as far as the structure of the cheat sheet simply because – even though as efficient and awesome as Alvin Kamara was this year and with how they moved towards sort of making him the 1A and Mark Ingram the 1B in that offense towards the end of the season down the stretch run, does it still bother you that Mark Ingram is still there and Leonard Fournette does not have a Mark Ingram? Well, he does have a TJ Yeldon who's emerging. But, yeah, I'd like to see us flip those two. That that would actually reconcile that whole portion of players right there just, just right. Okay. Now, if we look down here a little bit, I'm just wondering when the next rookie kind of comes into play. And I don't think we can consider a Darius Geis here in the Joe Mixon, Carlos Hyde, Derek Henry type of tier, the type of tier where you're deciding between those guys and the Stephon Diggs and the Tyreek Hills and the Golden Tates of the world, maybe the Doug Baldwins. I think that a Darius guys belongs more in the area where you're starting to consider like the Alex Collinses, the Allen Robinsons, the Josh Gordons, maybe the Des Bryants. Is that kind of the two? Do you, or do you think Darius guys needs to be up a little bit higher? No, man, I love where you have him. I might, I could argue that I like him maybe a little more than one or two of the guys in that tier, but I just, I love the tier that you have him in. And I'd say that 
more than likely ADP is going to uh, dictate that we, you. Ha- we you don't have really have the- ADPs on these guys yet, so we're just <laughs> we're having to just well, go my by projected the ADP. fact that right we're projected just, we're ADP go by is, the fact that yeah. we're the that we're that we're the experts here in the in the in the tone setters. Intuition so, uh, tells me you've got him in the right place there, um, in in that tier. I'd like to who I'd like to see you move up a little bit is Alex Collins. Well, I mean, just by the ADPs, if you look at it, I just, I have trouble, you know, Alex Collins right now is an ADP of 59. The guys who I have above him, Lamar Miller and Jay Ajayi, have ADPs of 32 and 37. I don't think at the, this tier is kind of designed to where hopefully outside of Kenyon Drake, Alex Collins, and Darius Geis, you'll likely have to go wide receiver if you're, if you're faced with one of these, or maybe even quarterback if, if, if one of these quarterbacks falls. They're there to that area. You know, if you if, if an Aaron Rodgers falls to the end of round three, if a Deshaun Watson falls to the end of round three, it isn't that crazy that when you look at the top three quarterbacks on the cheat sheet, it's Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I mean, but that's how I see it, right? That's how you got to see it, Even right? Even coming from the ACL, you're just not worried about it? No. He's a quarterback. He's not a wide receiver or, or a running back. What about the late, late season ACL for Carson Wentz? That's a very late season injury. I think you got to like Jared Goff more than Carson Wentz. Okay, that's fair enough. Make a little note here on Jared Goff. What else What else you see? What other players do you look at and you think they need to be higher or lower? Any of these other guys you want to talk about? Do you think Mike Evans deserves to keep being drafted in the second round of fantasy? Probably. It just seems to me like at the end of the year, everybody on that team, Jameis Winston included, was like, what the fuck are we doing not getting the ball to Mike Evans more? When we do, we win. Why are we not? You know, and they they seemed like there was a concerted effort to get the ball back to him a little bit more. Um, I I think that they're going to come into next season with that being being, being a real focus, you know. Kind of getting back to Jameis to Mike Evans, I, I think that um, that's something that we have in store. And if you can get him where I mean, you Mike Evans right now ADP, you know, early best ball ADP, late second, you know, sometimes as, as late as early third round. To me, I mean, you got to take him there. Um, we've we've built that into where you know if he falls there to you, that's going to be what that's going to be what you do. Now, I I wondered about Keenan Allen why his ADP is lower than AJ Green's at eighteen and nineteen. Do you think that has to do with uh, people worrying about Mike Williams coming back and stuff? I think it has to do with people being cockamamie. Yeah. So no thoughts other than that? No, I love Keenan Allen. I love where you have him on the sheet. Uh, I think that people are cockamamie if they like A.J. Green more than Keenan Allen, especially in any kind of PPR format. And Mike Evans, I think you just have to... At value, you have to you have to you have to keep kind of stabbing with Mike or Mike Evans. So I think that that's the proper spot. Late second, early third. I'll, I'll take him before that. I'll take him before that. At, the, at those kind of ADPs, I want, he's priced into where you're going to have to take him. At at, those you're going to have to take him at twenty one if yeah. if he's there. You're gonna, yeah. you're you're going to be forced to. At those ADPs, I want my fair share of Mike Evans. And I might even want a fair share of them at slightly above ADP at that point. What do you think about um, a couple of these guys? Uh, you know, way down. I have Devonte Parker absolutely buried. I'm worried about that just because you know you saw from in training camp you saw the kind of beast that he can be. Um, I just worry about the quarterback situation. I mean, I'm not sure if Tannehill even really likes him. Um, we thought that that was kind of a Jay Cutler to Devontae Parker phenomenon where he's saying he's a bigger, faster Alshon, and he was shitty all year. He hasn't ever been any good. He's never been able to put it together. He has an ADP right now of 69, and there are just guys like, I want Will Fuller with an ADP of 131 more than I want Devontae Parker. Yeah, I, I want. I, I mean, I, I want guys like, I mean, I want Sammy Watkins more than I want Devontae Parker. I want Pierre Garçon coming off injury. I, I mean, I like Emmanuel Sanders, even though I think he might be leaving Denver. I, 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 I want him more. All these guys with much lower ADPs. Devin Funches, I want him more. So, 
I have just I have trouble getting Devontae Parker up any any higher. Do you have any thoughts about about him? I mean, like, is has the ship just sailed on this dude or what? I think so. I mean, I keep saying I, you know, either he can't put it together, so either he's just not got he's not going to, or he needs a fresh start. But it could be Jarvis Landry getting the fresh start. And that may be what folks are anticipating. That's the one thing I kind of thought is if Jarvis is gone, you know, what does that mean? But I think, you know, what I did is I just, I, the way I compensated for that was I just got Kenny Stills at a spot that I thought was going to be, you know, a lot better than what his ADP would indicate. You know, he has an ADP of 152 right now. I have him ahead of guys like Willie Sneed, who has a 134 ADP, um, Kenny Galladay, who has a 147 ADP, way above Danny Amendola, who has a better ADP at number 150. So I don't know. I think the Kenny Stills might be the guy who I kind of well, gravitate I, I, to there. I uh, appreciate that, and I'd also say that, you know, this is oh, where, and and where, then Jakeem Jakeem Grant, yeah, you do. Who I have, I mean, just just we'll we'll have Jakeem Grant on our tools, on our best ball tools, higher than anybody else in the whole industry, because you know we have Jakeem. I have Jakeem Grant over Tyler Lockett and Kevin White, Alan yeah. Hearns, Jermaine Curse, all these guys. I think so, he should. I mean, that's 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 how we consistently outfox the competition is that we have deep intelligence on guys like that that really nobody else has and it's why it pays off being a member of roster watch nation a pro subscriber and listening to these pods man because i mean we got to meet shakeem grant at training camp at dolphins training camp last year we got to scout him he was a dynamo out there a super good kid super good kid you would trust got like, to see, got to see him with got to see him when he was at uh, see him when he was at tech see his speed with our own two eyes yeah you'd really mm-hmm. you'd like let him babysit your kid it's one of those kind of guys and uh yeah i think he slides right into that role we saw the preseason monster out of him hell we got a roster watch eye. we've got a jakeem grant roster watch id if i remember correctly uh, oh, we do. We need to get that one in, sent into our producers for sure. Now, that's going to be a good one for may, having may, in the future. It may have been an interview. We'll have to go back and see. We sent it. We sent it in. But uh, yeah, I think that the, I much prefer that method. You know, to get high on both of those guys, and you know, Devontae Parker. You just can't keep waiting on it. I, I mean, I was blown away at training camp, and I wasn't the only one. Tony Romo was blown away. All kinds of people were blown away. At training camp, I mean, the guy looks—he looks incredible. And you know what? He might put it together when you finally sleep on it. But we can't—we can't make a living waiting on that. So we'll get on to greener, you know, greener pastures and let other people toil with him while we're just pillaging value at at at. I mean, would you say seventy? I mean, that's what sixth, seventh round. That's just something insane. So, speaking of value, why is? Why is Chris Thompson going 60 picks after Amir Abdullah? Idiotic. I mean, look how far I have Amir Abdullah buried here. What was Chris Thompson's injury? It was a pretty bad one, huh? Yeah, I think it was, I don't know. Was it an ACL? I think it was an ACL. Yeah, I think it was a non-contact. So, I mean, what does that mean to you? Fractured fibula in Sunday's overtime loss, November nineteenth. November no oh a fractured fibula? Well you like you like that better than an ACL. So yeah, because that's the just fibula a broken, the a, fibula is the small bone. It's a broken leg. leg. Yeah. I, that's and I know any doctor will tell you that's fine. I don't like breaking the major bones in the leg, but that that's the side bone that kind of runs down the lateral line of, of the shin. So I don't know. I think Chris Thompson will be just fine, and people are idiotic. And once again, uh, as people are, are overreacting and uh, behaving out of uh, complete risk aversion, is when we will take moderate and well calculated stances and just cherry pick these these things, man. Well, I like the I like talking about this. I like talking about this tier right here with that um, Chris Thompson's in because clearly. He's an outlier as far as his ADP with the way that I see this running backs tier. But how do you see this group shaking up with C.J. Anderson, Tevin Coleman, Duke Johnson, Chris Thompson, Isaiah Crowell, Tariq Cohen, and then Nick Chubb? Do you think that all those guys kind of belong? Is there anybody there that doesn't fit 
as far as kind of the value that you see presenting itself as the draft kind of comes into this area? Yeah, I feel like somebody just tried to make a like a hamburger out of lunch meat. Why? It just it feels like it's something the the, the the something's not stacked up right. Doesn't feel right when you sink your teeth into it, man. Uh, <laughs> well, so so what needs to happen? It's like they substitute a roast beef for the for the hamburger patty. Well, but that's what they do at Arby's, <laughs> and, and millions of people love it. Uh, don't and not I'm not one of those. Uh let's see. <laughs> That's roast beef that literally they squeeze it out of a tube. Yeah, they do, man. It's really, they really good. They squeeze disgusting. it out of a tube and slice it off. I think they squeeze it out of a tube and put it on one of those like Spitfire um, That is what Arby's is. They just throw a grilled piece of road roast beef instead of a burger. I yeah, that's just Well, this does it's <laughs> this feels like a gross kind of Arby's part of the draft, right? I mean None of these guys you're going to really get directed to taking uh, via their IDP via their ADPs, except maybe a Chris Thompson. You'll get directed, but during this time, we would prefer you take the Cooper Cups. We would prefer that you take the Devin Funchesses, the Jamison Crowders, the Pierre Garcons. Like that's what we, or even a Jared Goff if All he right, falls there so to that spot. CJ Anderson, I have no interest in. Tevin Coleman, obviously, continue to be interested. You know, there's. I don't think he'll be traded. There's maybe some off chance he could be, but he should still be with the team. It's a small bit of value. There's a better than zero percent chance that that happens. Right. It's better than zero. Better than zero percent chance, and just a a decent role and a always potential huge role if Freeman ever goes down. He, he he's not he's not uh, uh, impregnable like uh, was the great Mike Tyson said. <laughs> Impenetrable, impregnable, and. Uh, Duke Johnson, he he needs to be at the top of this. He, I guess you're wondering if they're going to draft Saquon Barkley. Does that mean Duke Johnson goes the way of the dinosaur? I don't know. I think Duke Johnson has a huge role in that offense right now. Right now, you got to be. Right now, you've got to be bullish on Duke Johnson. More bullish than a guy. Even like, though he's got the, even though out of all the guys I just mentioned, he has basically the second low or the third lowest ADP. But yeah, all right, that's fine. Well, if, I just want him late. If that's the case, I don't know. I mean, I just I want. Let's get Duke Johnson late if we can. What about Tariq Cohen in a in a in a Matt Nagy RPO kind of thing? Don't like him nearly as much as Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson, Chris Thompson, and Tevin Coleman are in their own tier, man. They're in their own tier, and I'm sure ADP won't dictate it, but they are in their own tier above above the the guys we're talking about him. Hell, possibly even above some of the guys above them, uh, but I know I don't want to break the sheet for you here. Well, man. but well, I mean, but if if you look at the guys above them, it's just like these are guys who I had to who I had to get in right about here before I started getting these these kinds of ADPs in. If that makes any sense, I had to get these guys in the fifty ADPs in at about the time that I started cracking the one hundred ninety seven, one twenty, and eighty nine marks for these next four. Juju Smith, Schuster, Marvin Jones, Robert Woods, and Robbie Anderson. Trust so it's just that's just that's just that's that's how the architecture of the sheet goes. But none of these guys are going to be selected. Yeah, Bilal Powell, Demarco Murray, Ty Montgomery, Marshawn Lynch. None of these guys are going to be selected because that's just baked into the sheet. You know, so it's just this. You know, as as much as we, we have to remember that this is just diagramming where the value is set to fall, and then pushing people to it. Well, no, I know it's always, always. But I yeah, know what it's like vacuum, to be inside right. the architect's head. It's hard. It's hard to be. So I just this is good, good talking points, uh, just from the sheet. So Tevin Coleman, Duke Johnson, Chris Thompson, and think all guys that we have to continue to be interested in in our fantasy leagues. Any of these guys just down at the very because the the one group that I feel like I have just you know. What you have to do after you get the architecture of the first three or so rounds laid out is from then, and, and, and users of the tool will know this, you just basically have to get wide receivers right and then build off them. I don't know if that's how you do it, but that's how I do it. Is that kind of how you do it, Byron? Get the Well, it's like the main vein of the Yeah, it's like sheet. the main vein of the sheet. Right, right. So... And then you kind of build off it with ADPs, with you know, as you do drafts and, and you see how things are falling. So if you look down here at the very bottom, you know how it's real easy to get speed blind when you get done down to like numbers eighty through one hundred and ten or whatever as far as wide receivers. 
any of these guys down here at the bottom you think could use a good bump up? Because, you know, once I look at these, if you were to tell me that you think that, you know, say like Cody Lattimore or Cody Latimer needs to move up like 10 spots, I would be fine with, with that. You know, it's just like, or you know, are there any of these guys you can make a case for that need to be up a little bit higher than, than they are right now? I'm just, I keep I keep circling back to Kevin White. Um, you know, is there anything left in the tank there? I keep circling back to Curtis Samuel, who looked really good before he got injured. Um, I mean, I could I, argue we should move Corey Davis up, maybe. Um, well, I w- well, but Corey Davis isn't necessarily buried on this deal. No, no, no. I'll, I, I'll go for obvious things. I'm not trying to split hairs. After okay, the Robbie, so after, the Robbie after the Robbie Anderson news, I wonder if there's golden sons like uh, Cooper Cup model citizens that could be maybe moved above him. Uh, model okay. citizens of Roster Watch Nation. Let's see here. Um, Will Fuller can go up. If you love Deshaun Watson, you have to feel sick about well, Will But Fuller. look, I mean, look at Will Fuller's ADP. It's 131 right now. Uh, yeah. No. yeah. You're doing them. I just, I mean, I have him up. I have him higher than guys like who have 80 ADPs and 69 and 96. Mar- and- hey, Marquise Lee is interesting as a free agent because if he gets signed somewhere, it's going to be to play and to get targets. I kind of like Marquise Lee at this point in his career with targets. He's developed into a nice player a very low adp there as well but a guy i can yeah. make a pretty strong argument there for what about zay jones does he need to be any higher here given you know, his I, adp i don't even like sammy watkins that much but he can be higher just because of the breakout potential i think he should definitely be higher and and that's that, I mean, that, that's like, an honest right, that's like an sammy? honest opinion on sammy watkins coming do you from like sammy us. watkins more than uh more than like taking a flyer on calvin ridley Yes. Do you like him more than Will Fuller? No. Okay. Well, I know just where I'm going to put Sammy Watkins. Um, what about what about Josh Doxson? Who, if you gun to your head, who do you take, Josh Doxson or Randall Cobb? Oh God, I'm taking Josh Doxson up here around. I mean, this is all contingent upon Kirk Cousins, but I'm just going to roll the dice and assume Kirk Cousins is going to be there. I want Josh Doxson. I mean, I want him up around. I, I mean, I know ADPs won't dictate this, but I, it's arguable. I think I want him more than Devin Funches, if Kirk Cousins stays around. <laughs> well, but, clearly, we can't build the sheet like that because we want people taking value at every turn. But I'll make a note here for Josh Doxson to maybe get him up to where we're sure that we get him. Um, maybe get him above the Deshaun Jacksons and the, and the Devontae Parkers of the world, up above the Jeremy Macklin of the world. Oh yeah. Above Jordan Matthews. Yes, sir. What about Marquise Lee? All right. I, I think, think I know so. just where No, to put- no, no. If I know if I'm I'm gonna bank on the fact Cousins is gonna be there, I like Doxon more than Marquise Lee. Well, we have to bake in some of those assumptions because yeah. otherwise you're just gonna yeah. sit around on your hands and not do yeah. anything. I like Josh Doxon more than Marquise Lee. Speaking of uh Redskins wide receivers, maybe we can just end this best ball portion on this one as we kind of go through and to talk about some of our thoughts. Terrell Pryor, I mean, I just, I have this dude fucking buried. I have him underneath like Zay Jones, Sterling Shepard, Muhammad Sanu, Nelson Aguilar, D.D. Westbrook. Like, give me all those guys over Terrell Pryor until I know what the hell's going on with that guy. No one in Roster Watch Nation owned him this last year. His ADP got absolutely ridiculous. For a guy that plays on a team with so many other receiving options, who was in his first year uh, with with Kirk Cousins, I just uh, to me, I don't I don't have any faith that we're going to see a situation with with Terrell Pryor in 2018 as he enters uh, as, as he enters unrestricted free agency that he's going to go to a spot at age 28 to where he's going to be able to make any kind of significant impact. And until we get more news on it. I think he just needs to stay buried. Is that the way you feel about it, or do you think that there might be some value here with an ADP of 81? It just seems too high to me. I think we should put him 10 feet under. <laughs> all right, there you go. Uh, there you have it. All Wait, of our content. Hey, you, all- hey, Alex, real quick. Lateral, just, all right. I'm sorry, man. I know you want to wrap up real quick. I just, I just, I just want to get this thing wrapped before the baby starts screaming and you start asking if there's a cat in the house. No cats allowed around here. Why in the world is... 
Nick Chubb so high on this sheet. And I saw that the trash man is pretty high on him too. I think I could flip Nick Chubb and, and Sony Michelle. Were you I not concerned about that, how he looked in the national championship game? No. No. I thought he looked fine. I mean, I think that that I, I think that I think that, that that was a that was a and that wasn't the was that the national championship or was that the play in I'm sorry. No, it was I the forget. national championship was game. Was it? Oh yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. In the in in the Georgia Dome. Or the new Mercedes. He looked like a damn slug out there who doesn't have any explosive ability to offer okay. the NFL. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Nick Chubb's just a guy that for the last year or so I've been kind of penciling in as a rookie that we really need to be following. But if you, I didn't hate him that much in the game. I, th- I kind of like Michelle better, but I feel like um, just based on these early dynasty mock drafts, Nick Chubb is going a whole lot earlier than Sony Michelle. I think that's going to be the, the, um, the general way that players feel. Now, do you like now? Do you like Ronald Jones better than Nick Chubb? Love Ronald Jones. Okay, so you like a flyer on Ronald Jones? I mean, I more think Ronald a- Jones is going to be our RB three off the top of my head. He, Ronald Jones is a sick man out of USC. Okay, so. That'll I'll work on um. You know what though? I want Nick Chubb to be good because I've been kind of. I've been I'm not going to base everything on one game, man. He's looked he's looked yeah. really good yeah. during his career. I'm, well, I'm looking so, forward to doing more evaluation. Yeah. All right. So with that, we got to get the hell out of here. My baby's about to wake up. Uh, new new baby boy. All you parents out there know what it's like when these guys first come around. Man, they are. They are fucking maniacs. So um, we will wrap with that uh, for Byron Lambert, for the Trash Man, for the Robot Genius, and all of Roster Watch Nation. My name is Alex Dunlap. This has been the Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. Go rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. We will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>